At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Fin Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. We got our other host, Sean. Hey, guys. And tonight we have uh, the winner of the jig tournament that I fished last weekend. And I'm, I, I should have asked you like how exactly to pronounce your last name before we did this, because I'm probably going to butcher it. But we got Timmy Cineron. Uh, that's right that's right center wrong yeah yeah okay sweet so we got timmy center wrong you know he uh he's from around here in tennessee as well and we fished that local jigs only tournament and he spanked everybody in that tournament but uh yeah welcome to the show timmy hey pleasure to be here um you know for people that don't know you would you want to you know, tell a little bit more about yourself and all that good stuff. Where do I start? I'm just a guy <laughs> that enjoys fishing, you know. <laughs> That's about it. It's all I like to do. I go out been uh, kayak fishing tournaments for about five years now, I think, roughly. So, uh, grew up here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Fished a lot of rivers, creeks, lakes, ponds water <laughs> <laughs> what kind of boat do you fish out of uh fish out of a jackson coos fd for my lake tournaments and uh i still have a cuda 12 for floating the rivers okay cool so a jackson guy mm-hmm. now are, are you on the jackson team or or do you uh just like jackson uh i just like jackson you know it's made in tennessee and that's it's my hometown. I feel, I feel, hey, I, I floated Jackson now myself. You know, I didn't the other night because uh, I'm working on a warranty claim. But, you know, I, everybody told me their customer service was top notch and they'd take care of me. And, you know, so far everything's been great. They're getting me, getting me all taken care of. But, uh, but yeah, so, 
know, one thing you didn't mention is you seem to like kill it in all these tournaments. You know, you said you've been doing it for a while, but man, you know, I in that group, you know, I've been I'm just now really getting into doing events with the group. But uh, you know, I've been in there for like a year or two, and you know, I've seen your name quite a few times in there. You know, placing high or winning. So, you know, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about like what your strategy was in the jig tournament, and then we can get into some of the other techniques you use to win all the other tournaments. So, okay. uh, so like, all right. We, we had two boat ramps that we were allowed to launch from. One was the Fate Sanders Marina. One was the Stewart's Creek. I don't remember. I launched at the marina, and I don't remember seeing you. Did you launch over there at Stewart's Creek? Uh, yes, I did. I launched at Stewart's Creek. I think there was uh, four of us that launched there that night. Okay. Yeah, I guess everybody went over to the marina because we had several of us over there. Um, so uh, what what was your approach going into it? Did uh, my approach was it's a jig only tournament, so I'm gonna carry five rods, all jigs. <laughs> you didn't want to do no, <laughs> no swapping, then. <laughs> I didn't want to do no swapping, you know. It's jigs, I fish them all. Jigs, one of my favorite techniques to okay. use. It's uh, usually one of mine, too, but I've been swapping it up a little bit here lately. Let's say, uh, when we first launched out of the on Stewart's Creek, the wind was blowing right in that pocket, right at the boat ramp. I fished probably within 50 yards of the boat ramp because I marked a lot of fish in about eight foot of water. And there's some brush piles set out in front of it. And I was actually swimming a hair jig. Hmm. And that's what my first fish came off of was within the third cast of lines in was just that preacher jig right there. Half ounce. Wow. Okay. Just, you know, when, when it, with the jigs, it's the only tournament, I didn't even think about a hair jig. You know, I, I, only I, was, brought, I brought one because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure too, and I forgot to ask yesterday. But I had one tied on, showed uh, Ashy Cheney, and he said, That's a jig. I said, All right. If not, I was going to cut it off and tie on a swim jig, another swim jig, a heavier heavier one but yeah were you already pretty familiar with the area or were you, you just relied on mapping it to see what it was like uh, i'm pretty familiar with that whole area priest in general okay because uh, this pretty much our, my home lake okay cool yeah and you know something that i noticed the other night you know i've fished stewart's creek before you know it's a lot of rock and from what I've seen, there's not a whole lot of anything else. There's a little bit of wood structure that I've seen, but not a whole lot. But it's a whole lot of rock out there. Um, and, you know, this was my first time ever fishing Face Sanders Marina. And, man, fishing there compared to the other places I've fished on Priest, it was almost like a completely different lake. Like I've been saying for a while, like it, there's no grass on Percy Priest. You go over there in that little cove behind the marina, you know, there's some grass back there. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a decent amount of like wood structure back there too, and, and it, it it was crazy because like I'm not used to that on on that lake. You know, I'll fish. You know, even the Fate Sanders recreational area, there's none of that over there. You know, it's all rock. But uh, 
so you said you were finding them in like eight foot of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were they like on bottom or suspended or? They were suspended, but they were feeding heavily on shad because you could see the shad pop up. And that's when I saw the archers on my graph, I knew that either they're going to be striped or just a big school of bass. So I just threw out there and started hooking into them. I caught about, on that hair jig, I caught that 18 and a quarter big fish of the night. <laughs> in the first pass, so it, it takes that edge off, you know? Oh, yeah. Then the pressure's off thing. and you can relax. Absolutely. <clears throat> I caught uh, three more on it within the first 15 minutes of the tournament. Those other three uh, came off, but it didn't bother me after that. You and knew, I got you hung knew up. they were biting. <laughs> yeah. And then got hung up in a, in that brush pile that I was trying to swim over every time. Because they're, they're like right there on the edges of that brush pile. I got hung up and I broke off in my only one. Uh. So then uh, I canceled that plan and went, went across to some uh, flats out there. And they were pushing shad on the flats because it was it was pretty windy that night. I think we were getting around five to ten miles per hour wind. Yeah, it, it was pretty windy. Like I, I, you know, like I said, I don't have my kayak right now, so I don't have pedal drive. I was borrowing my dad's kayak, and so I was having to paddle. And man, it was crazy trying to paddle and keep myself positioned while I cast and everything. I I ended up having to go back in a in a little cove back there behind the marina and just to get out of the wind for a minute. But, uh, do what? We'll talk about that other technique I used and it, and it cinched me some fish too. What's that? Whenever, after I got done with, you know, fishing them on the hair jig, I went out and I used a, a micro finesse jig. Z-Man. That, that's one of those, it's basically like a Ned Rig head with the skirt on it, right? Yes, sir. This doesn't get hung up. I almost, you know, did that, but I didn't think it would be legal. So I didn't do it. Like, well, I almost, like, made my own. Because, you know, I've seen them with that. And I've got skirt material where I used to make my own football jigs. And right. so I was like, you know, it wouldn't take much, just, you know, take uh, some skirt material and put it on that Ned Rig head and, you know, there you go. But, so I almost did that, but I, di I didn't think it'd be legal. So I didn't, yeah, I'm lazy. So I didn't go, I didn't do it. <laughs> then were you just popping that or were you swimming it or how, how what kind of uh, retrieve do you use for that? Well, when it's really windy, I'm really lazy. I just go ahead and I pedal out there, get mark the fish in that area, pedal past them. And then let the wind make a long cast and let the wind work it for me. Okay. I'll move back up. And that so way just, there's no slack in my line. Yeah. And you, yeah. Okay. That's really good. We were just talking about that the last episode, how when you sometimes when you cast into the wind, you get that huge bow in your line and then you can't feel the bites. But that's a good strategy to avoid that, to uh, just cast and then let the wind blow you back, take the slack out of your line. And cool. The pedal drive actually, that is where it, it shines because you can actually control your drift a little bit easier without having to do the old-fashioned one-arm paddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fit, you know. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty smart. 
And, you know, you were talking about that 18 and a quarter. You know, my big fish was 18. You know, you got me about a quarter inch. And I was like, man, I almost got a little bit of money. I'm so close. Yeah, man, it's – I know my heart's been broken a few times like that where you're so close and then you, you think you got it. And then a big 23-inch or 24-inch or whatever was at Kentucky Lake gets you. <laughs> big fish. Oh, well, you, man. well, you know, everybody that I talked to that night while we were fishing seemed to have, you know, bad luck. You know, it, it seemed like it was a tough bite for a lot of people uh, other than you. But, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people were, like, struggling. Like, you know, I think one or two guys didn't have any fish, and then one guy had two small, smaller fish. And, uh, you know, I only had one fish for the longest time. I think I caught – my second fish like within the last hour to hour and a half okay and uh you know i got several bites but it was like short strikes and you know i was throwing a flipping jig and then i was throwing a swim jig but uh but yeah it, it, yeah the, the, like the just little 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 bumps and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, 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 and you're waiting for them to, you know, take it, but they don't. <laughs> uh, sometimes with them short strikes, especially if they're feeding on bait fish, I found out that if, if you just keep on reeling it like a swim bait, or, they'll come back and follow it. You know, sometimes, some days they want it sitting there, but if they're keyed in on bait fish, I keep it moving. I just make that cast again in that same spot and just swim by them, kill it for a second, then pop it up. And then if they're just tapping it, I just keep on reeling. Because if they keep on tapping it, sooner or later they're gonna get it. Yeah. Well that that's sort of what what I try to do. Um, you know, with a swim jig, you know, I, I had like a swim bait trailer on there and uh, you know, I pretty much work it like a steady, slow retrieve. And uh that's what I was doing, and, you know, they'd hit it. I, I might pause for, like, a second when they hit it, but then start reeling again. Do you let it tap along the bottom, or are you keeping it up in the water column? Uh, it would touch the bottom a little bit, but then I'd try to, like, get it up a little bit and stay up just a little bit off the bottom. Okay. Uh, that might that might have been my downfall there. You know, maybe it would have been better having contact with the bottom and it bouncing off stuff. I don't know. Yeah. All my jigs, like you can, you can see that jig right there. They ain't got no yeah. paint on the head. Yeah. So to me, the jig head color don't really matter. Cause mine are bouncing that bottom hard. I love it tapping. Yeah. With, with like a flipping jig or something like that, it's, you know, pretty much constant bottom. You know, I used to, be one was big on like popping it but i don't really pop it a whole lot anymore unless i'm like i get hung up on something i'll kind of pop it over it but uh a lot of the time i just kind of you know slowly drag it uh, what, what what's your technique for that do you do you do a lot of popping with it or uh it, it all depends if i'm if i'm swimming it like swimming it through like on if i'm fishing old hickory i swim a jig a flipping jig quite a bit i I like the Ike mini flip on Old Hickory because I can swim it. And it has a really heavy head. So whenever you kill it, it just goes straight down. 
then I pop it back up and it goes up, then it goes down. It it goes. It's like a bluegill going through the water when they're fishing around them docks and just brush lay down brush. You get some big bites out there for me. Okay. But then if I'm on priest, I'm I'm a dragon. I'm I'm a dragon jig all day. Main points, flats, uh, football head jig, half ounce. If it's real windy, I go to three quarter. If I'm fishing twenty feet plus, three quarter, maybe even a seven eighths or one ounce, just so I can maintain that contact. Or I go down in line size. Okay. With a lighter wire hook. And what kind of line do you usually throw on? Uh, for a football head jig? Yeah. Uh, well, for your pounds. dragon. 15 pounds. Oh, yeah, about fluoro. 15 pounds, but fluoro, 100%. Okay. Okay. I will go down to 12 pounds, too. Really? Yeah. See, Just see, to keep I, it down. I don't know if I've you know, heard anybody fishing a jig on that light of line. You know, especially that heavy of a jig. You know, I I I throw my jigs on like twenty pound fluoro, and uh... this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tacovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, I'm scared to go lower than that. Maybe 15 I I could feel all right with, but I don't know if I could go much lower than that. 17 pound, 20 pound is what I, I typically swim with, fluorocarbon. When, I, when I'm fishing around brushing everything, but when I'm out there just on the big point, dragging 15 it. pound, 12 pound, it gets down there, you can feel your jig on the bottom. And even with the current, the current's not like slicing your line, pushing your line. It, to me, it just feels right. It feels better. Hmm. But I do go with a little bit softer rod, though, with a medium heavy, with a little bit more of a fast action, moderate fast, fast. Somewhere right. around there. You see, I just, I, I generally throw mine on a medium heavy, but I just uh, got a new rod and it's, it's one of those uh, Duckett Jacob Wheeler edition, and it's a heavy. But it, to me, it don't really feel like a heavy, you know, not the heaviest. I mean, but it's, granted, I'm, I'm used to, like, cheaper rods that, you know, lesser quality. So maybe it's something in that because uh, and I'm just not used to a better quality rod. But it to me, it just don't feel heavy. You know, it feels more medium heavy or closer to it. 
But uh, so what's uh, what's some other techniques that I mean, are are you throwing a jig, you know, most of the time in uh, regular tournaments, or you got like some other techniques you you like to use? Uh, let's see. I throw a jig probably at least I'm, every time I throw a jig. But my other techniques I use is a shaky head, you know, eighth ounce head with the owner ultra point shaky head. That's my favorite shaky head. Eighth ounce, three sixteenths with a Senko, five inch Senko on it. Okay. And sometimes a robo worm if I'm fishing for some smallmouth. I was and, gonna say uh, an, uh, a Senko is probably not gonna give you a ton of action. I guess some, but not as much as a robo worm, obviously. Well, on Priest on a weekend or on Old Hickory, you got so much boat traffic. Yeah, that is it gives true. me all the action I need. <laughs> I'm, I'm there bobbing like a bobber out there. Okay. Yeah, especially this coming up weekend, you know. It's, well, I guess this episode won't come out till Monday, so you know, Fourth of July will be done and over with. So happy for happy late Fourth, everybody. <laughs> but, but uh, but yeah, so. So what do, what do you throw the shaky head on? Because that, that's something that I don't really throw. It's something I've thought about, you know, trying out more. Like, what, what what's your setup for that? Uh, my spinning gear setup is I'm set up on a, what is it? 683 Dobbin Sierra, which is a six foot eight medium action rod but it's more like a medium light and i have it on 10 pound braid with uh either a seven pound fluorocarbon leader or a 12 pound fluorocarbon leader depending on what's down on the bottom and that's that's my rod for all my finesse techniques so i was gonna say that sounds similar to my finesse setup so but Jimmy Skinner uh, here on the podcast probably like likes you with the Dobbins rod. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how exactly are you, you working that? Like, like with a shaky head, are you do you drag that or you know give them some pops or? Mm, I, I let the fish tell me because, like I said, I, I do wind drag a lot to find the area of fish. Okay. I drag across the point, let the wind drag me across it, and then I'll make cast at targets that I know that are in the water, like a big rock pile in 15 foot of water, and just work it there. And I, I will just, if there's no wind or nothing, I will shake my rod tip just very so slightly. And sometimes I give it a one big hop and just let it sit back down. Ooh. What kind of fish finder are you using? Because you seem to, you know, you've said quite a bit that you're, you know, looking on it. So you got to have a much better one than I have. <laughs> uh, I just, I have a Lowrance Elite TI-9. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big fish finder there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got the Lowrance, uh hook to 4x so it's, it's small i have the, the five inch version of the ti so it's similar but much smaller yeah. <laughs> i run side scan and you know down imaging 
and it's 2D sonar, but if I'm not running 2D sonar, I'll be running maps till I get to the spot. Once I get to the spot, then I'll turn on my 2D sonar, and I'd probably turn off my charts if I'm familiar with the area. If I'm not, I keep the charts on to try to follow the contour lines. Look for, you know, changes in depth, rock piles, because with the side scan and moving like two miles an hour, you can see all what's next to you, and you can make those casts and feel those rocks or throw your my search mate is actually a uh wobblehead I, so that's definitely something i gotta get better at is is coordinating what i see on my graph with where i'm throwing i i'm still definitely learning that yeah i don't have side scan or down scan so and i have i, I still not do not really know what i'm looking at on the on just my sonar so you know I, i'm starting to get a little better with it but yeah I, that's something i need to work on or just need to buy a side scan and then work on it yeah <laughs> uh, i think before i had a ray marine dragonfly and it with chirp that actually taught me a lot about you know down scan it's it's one of the more affordable units and it's crystal clear down scan is beautiful 2d sonar is beautiful mats uh eh, unless you buy a map card but but that was like one of the most user-friendly graphs ever used and then i got this lorance because i wanted bigger screen and i wanted to get side scan and i think i got that last year and i've been just playing with it the whole time throughout the winter now drop shotting now being the nine that's nine inch right Mm-hmm. But before I make myself sound stupid, I wanted to clarify that. All right, so having something that big right there in front of you, does that ever get in the way of you, you know, while you're trying to fish? Truthfully, no. Uh, with that Coos FD, I'm sitting up so high that all my cast cleared, and I just got used to it. It's, it's actually never been a problem with me. The only thing that ever got in my way is having a net behind me. Fishing. <laughs> hanging yeah. lure on there yeah i've done that <laughs> yeah that man i've got some horror stories of hanging stuff behind me that's why you know uh, i've hung rods b before they were standing up you know trying mm -hmm. to cast overhead and uh you know i ended up like knocking when i did it, it somehow knocked my hat and my sunglasses off my head into the water I was able to grab my hat, but the sunglasses are at the bottom of the lake now. That was over at Williamsport. Oh, man. But, uh, but that's why on my crate now, all my rods lay horizontally. But that cost me a rod because I was fishing a 444 back in like April up on Old Hickory, and uh, the wind was really bad, and it blew one of those rods out of my rod holder. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you, do those sunglasses fall so slow that you feel like you can still grab them? <laughs> I like the I've lost like three pair on the lake, man. Yeah. The they all seem to fall so slow. And the Titanic music starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, they, it, it was like they were right there. And like I should still be able to reach them, but I can't reach them anymore, but I can still see them. And, yep. But, you know... It, it wasn't. It wasn't really about the glasses. They were like five dollar Walmart polarized sunglasses, so it wasn't 
that I cared much about the glasses. It was, I had just started fishing for the day pretty much. Like we were like 10 minutes in and I knew I wasn't going to have sunglasses the rest of the day. <laughs> and it, it, it was like, uh, about, well, I, I think it was like early June last year. So, you know, it was going to be warmer and it was bright and sunny. So, yeah, so uh, I got, got blinded by the sun that day. I had a day like that. I had a, just bought my first, um, uh, what's the crazy expensive uh, jerkbait? Uh, Megabass. My, my first vision yeah. and uh, probably two casts in beginning of the day the knot broke and there went my vision just flying and uh it was real early in the morning yet so when it's in the morning and it's still like not sunny out i put my sunglasses on top of my hat and i totally forgot they were up there so i just lost the the jerk bait and i took my hat off and went uh and i threw my sunglasses right in the way <laughs> uh, it was i was like oh. i'm just gonna turn around and paddle back to the ramp because this day is not going my way <laughs> Hey, a lot of the time, those days actually turn out to be the best days. It really wasn't too bad. Uh, I, I did catch some fish and made up for it, but uh, definitely not the way I wanted to start the day. And those weren't cheap sunglasses either. So that was an expensive, expensive day on the water. Yeah, if, if I if I would have done that with my Oakleys. Uh, mm. That's actually what they were. Oh. <laughs> I, I I cried a little. Especially because it was my own fault. But anyhow. Yeah. So you said you, you drop shot too, or you did drop shot to learn your, your sonar. Or to, so that's the, another thing that I, I need to get better at too. I just feel like I'm not finding fish when I do that. I feel like I've, you know, even if I mark them, I'm like, I don't have confidence that I'm dropping it right on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it takes a little bit to get your 2D sonar like fine tuned where you can actually see your line, your lure, your weight. Oh, so, okay. That's, so you're actually looking for your lure and everything on your uh, on your fish finder. Right. I do that in the probably in the winter months, more like November, December. Uh, the Mickey rig a little bit. Set, Pretty much the same thing. You're, you're using your graph and you're looking at your lure. Okay. And I don't. You don't, I don't think I. Graph. I don't know if I've ever even seen my lure on there. Maybe I didn't know what I was looking at. I just you raise it up and you'll see a, a streak, a line going straight through, down to the to your arches. Okay. Whatever you're seeing on the bottom, because if you're stand, if you're sitting still, you you'll see arches just streak across the bottom or in, off the bottom. You watch right. your lure come down. Okay. And then once it hits the bottom, you lift your rod, and then you can see your lure come up. Okay. And drop it. Lift up, drop it. Then you know that you're in the right spot. Lure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll definitely have some things to play with now. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. What? Rick, what? They're good place to practice. Why didn't Hank Rogers ever tell us that? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, come on, Bass Geek. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't I, have to I have always, an expensive graph either. That's what I always thought. I always thought, you know, because I've seen I've seen people talk about seeing their lures and watching the fish come over and oh, there he is, boop, got him, you know. But I I always thought it was oh, he's probably got like a Helix Ultra Vision or whatever the heck those crazy top end ones are. No, no, no. You could you could have done it on the old fashioned Mark Mark Five. As long as I'm, you can see the arc, is you just I'm definitely gonna it. have to play with that. Yeah. Interesting. Now I'm now I'm looking forward to getting back out and trying that. Yeah, now I want to upgrade my fish finder. <laughs> 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 oh man. So, uh, any other you know techniques you feel like you've pretty much mastered or you know really good at? Or well, you know, stick to. I I throw that wobble head quite a bit. It's that's my. That's my search bait. Now, what what do you mean by a wobble head? Like what? It's like uh, a like jig where the yeah. The right? what? Uh, do I have one on me? No, like, like, a, like like a swing head jig. Yeah, yeah. swing head jig. Okay, okay. Yeah. Use use that as a search bait. Yeah, I fish it like half ounces in three foot, two foot of water, four foot, five foot, three quarters, a little bit deeper, ten foot. 10 foot to, I think deepest I like is about 15 for three quarter. One ounce is in 20 to 30 foot. And what is that? that is, what, what different, what's different about that than a regular jig for you? Like how do you, is it the way you work it or just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm passing out really as fast as I can. Okay. Hitting the rocks, just bouncing the rocks as hard as I can. Interesting. What, okay. What trailer are you putting on there? Uh, I throw either a striking rodent or, a beaver four and a quarter big beaver is a big beaver style bait green pumpkin knives machetes saws and shears multi-tools shovels swords axes spears hatchets and tomahawks if it cuts snips slices or chops midway usa has it find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Your, your fishing techniques, I just want to go on record saying, like, blow my mind. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, like, the stuff that you're saying that you do, you know, I, I've been doing this podcast for, like, almost a year now, or right at a year now. And, you know, talking to different people every single week and the stuff that you say you do is, you know, completely different than, than what I hear most people say. And that might be why you're, you've been so successful, you know, with, uh, all your like wins and high finishes because you're doing something a little different, but it, it's like, kind of like mind bottling, like to, hear somebody say like like a beaver style bait working it you know reeling it as fast as you can because you know that's something i would generally think would be like something works slowly or slower you know like a pitching or flipping bait right yeah no it's 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 a search bait for me i i cast it out if you slow down with the heavier weight you're gonna get hung up so you need to move it fast with the i like a extra fast action because It'll hit them rocks and not load up your rod. So it just hits hits the rocks and just bounces off. Hits the rocks, bounces off. 
and I'm fishing that with 20 pound fluorocarbon. Otherwise, because once you set into them, you have to force them in as fast as you can because they'll throw that, that joker quick. Now, what's the gear ratio you're throwing that with? Like uh, the... seven, seven three one or that so way it's... you still have you know you still have that drag that you need. You ever have a fish just stop you? And uh, you can't crank even though you tighten it up. Uh, my my PB, you know I. My PB was on a flipping jig, and, uh, you know, I pretty much had my drag, you know, as tight as it would go. You know, I always, I always keep it real tight on my jig rod, and uh, I was reeling, but the spool wasn't spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so that's, you know, that's still like a fast reel, and you said you're reeling that, you know, about as fast as you can. That's, that's, that's crazy. That, that's how I cover water, though. That's I'm yeah. pedaling and I'm throwing it out there, and I'm just if I get hung up a little bit, then I just pedal to it, and I keep on working down the bank, working down the bank. And that's just how I typically cover water on any rocky lake, like Priest. But it's done good for me out at Old Hickory too, because if you find rock on Old Hickory, it might be or deeper rock on Old Hickory that could be a game changer too, besides the grass. So, you know, you, you're going to make some of the other guys in uh, KBFTN mad you know, telling me all this stuff. Because, you know, I, I'm in the 444 championship, and we're doing it Friday. And, you know, I might, I might have to use some of your techniques to go out and whoop them. You know, you know Ad, Adam Riser, Derek Bostick, Dan oh. Morris. You know, I, you know yeah, I, I'm, I'm coming for you guys. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get smoked. So <laughs> <laughs> do they announce where it's gonna be at? No, we all had to. Uh, we all had to, you know, throw out a a thing, and Shane's gonna randomly uh, pick one of the ones that we mentioned. So, so we we still haven't determined that. All we know is Friday, six a.m. Yeah, man. That I normally fish the four four fours quite a bit, but I was on second shift, so uh, I couldn't get in any of them. Oh, that stinks. See, I just yeah. now went back to work for the first time in three months, so I I fished the last two, and uh, I skunked in the first one, and uh, the second one I somehow managed to win. <laughs> It, it part of it I think had to do with me pre-fishing like two or three days the the week before and nobody else had been fished out there in a long time. So, oh, well, you know nowadays I got three kids and I don't get to pre-fish as often as I used to. Right. So I have to go out with everything and just throw everything and use my electronics to try to find fish. How how long do you throw something before you change it up? Like. Uh, maybe maybe a good fifteen minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and I'll I'll change up something different. Okay. Especially I think, if I don't know what what's going on. And then just keep changing until you hit one, and then see if that forms a pattern. You know, I guess. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, shaky head always gets a bite. That's that's that lure will always get a bite on a point. Well, not okay. always, but that's a confidence lure. Okay. 
you can fish it pretty fast too if you fish the three sixteenths head with the five inch senko because it goes down quick and it just just moves quick. Gotcha. Yeah, I never even thought of putting a senko on there because, like you said, like I said, I didn't think it had enough action. But I guess, like you said, if it's if you're bobbing and moving, you, it's going to have all the action it needs. Yeah, and there is a lot of a lot of boat traffic out there on that lake. Yeah, it. I actually uh, almost got ran over by a wake boat pulling a, a skier last time I was out. What is when when I was doing my uh, my spring madness bracket tournament against Sam. Um, you know, I was out there uh, out there kind of between uh, Fate Sanders wreck area and Lamar Hill boat ramp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was fishing a hump that's, you know, off of the channel a little bit. Yep. And, and you, you probably know the exact hump I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this guy came, you know, was coming along and came out of the channel and, like, came around and went right in front of me. And, and like my my kayak's in here doing this, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I I had a few choice words for him, but <laughs> but man, you know, it's it's boat traffic gets gets kind of crazy. But I've been doing this for a few years, and it don't really bother me that much. I actually enjoy the boat traffic because sometimes it gets me more bites. <laughs> okay, I've heard that. that. I've heard I that, want that, that boat to come by me, you know, if I'm fishing a bluff wall to push that shad and let him hit against that. It would give me a bite. But I just don't get too close to that bluff wall because they'll slam me against it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that uh I guess that makes sense. Uh just a little bit now. I'm I'm not talking <laughs> about like nonstop. You know, every yeah. now and then a boat comes through it, it breaks up the monotony, especially on a really clear and just calm day. So that's a little bit of extra. Yeah, you don't want to be just constantly churning. That that gets old quick. <laughs> yeah, water gets a little bit too dirty for my liking. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. You know, you said you've been doing kayak tournaments for about five years. How long have you been bass fishing? Uh, Bass fishing? Uh, Probably since I was about 15 years old. I, as a kid, I didn't really bass fish. I, I fished for catfish crappie striper you know food fish yeah i just always seen bass fishing on espn i said man i want to do that <laughs> but you know so i got my license and was able to work and buy my own rods and everything then i started bass fishing are you about to say something sean i was gonna say i i wish i would have started that young <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too you know i didn't really start bass fishing until i was about 24 and uh you know up until like last year i completely sucked at it and i still suck at it but i'm a little bit better now but <laughs> but uh well, do what oh i was gonna tell you like the other technique i used was uh i spy bait a little bit on on priest on big deep points and that's just casting wine 
just count it down and you know cast it out count it down and where you think they are and then start reeling in yep slow and steady slow and steady on towards your uh what is it lower end of the lake towards the dam okay that's that's where all the clear water is for that stuff yeah that's one technique i don't know if we've ever had anybody really talk about on here and uh you know i hear about it but i'm really not too sure what it is to be honest i'm working on a guy i i I have a really good guy that i heard on alex rudd's podcast so i'm hoping he will come on and talk to us about that so it it ain't a technique that i use quite a bit because waters around here aren't like crystal clear yeah but on the big points and they're pushing shad and everything else every night not shad but shiners around may you have a shiner spawn going on around that end of the lake and you'll see him come up against the bluffs and that's by bait. You can work it parallel bluff and work it, or you work it on the main points. And it does really well out there. Now, you know, you said you have a boat for lakes and a boat for rivers. You know, what, what do you do more of? Like, you know, if you're just going out, you know, fun fishing, what would you prefer to do? I'd prefer to float a river with Derek right. and Josh. Do you, do you uh do you go up to Duck River with them? Yeah, quite a bit. Okay. See, I I need to I need to get out there with y'all because I I live right here like five minutes from Duck River. I'm in Chapel Hill. Um, okay. Yeah, I've actually had Josh Stewart on here before, and you know we've talked about going sometime, but just ain't been able to do it. But like I I I finally fished the Duck River, and now it's like I, that's where I want to go. That's where so I'm gonna have to get with y'all sometime and you know go float with y'all. Let, let y'all teach me a thing or two. You know it's it's like hit and miss some days on there. I do like me. I'm in Murfreesboro, so I float the stones quite a bit. Just paddle up, paddle down. Yeah, it's got some you know good smallmouth in there. I've caught one smallmouth out out of stones. It was up there at uh, at West Fort. Mm-hmm. one i've really seen come out of did we lose you sean no i you froze up on me there for a sec but yeah. you're back now okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't have video on you uh so what, what do you use the same techniques with river fishing or do you like have some other stuff you use for that uh, river fishing it's uh i can't like there's four main baits I throw in in the river. I throw a whopper plopper, um, a jig, spinner bait, and a weightless senko. Those are hey. that's you, all you, you pretty much need. <laughs> yeah, you you speak my language with the whopper plopper. Yeah, I actually <laughs> haven't haven't hardly thrown the whopper plopper this year. You know. That's what everybody made fun of me for throwing so much last year, but I ain't hardly even threw it this year. I've been on a uh, underspin kick. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. So how? What size you like to throw? That's the thing. Um, what I've been throwing is like a three sixteenth. Uh, it's like like a like 
the weighted hook style. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a 316th uh, with a 3 out hook, putting like a uh, 3.8 Kitek on there. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, pretty successful with that. Like, you know, I've, I've talked about it almost every episode now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the new Whopper Plopper for me. <laughs> yeah, I throw the, four, was it 4.8 Kitek quite a bit for a big bite. That's, yeah. that's, but I don't ever throw the spinner on it because I always had issues with it getting hung in the grass. Well, see, that's so the I, thing. The, the ones that I've been using don't hardly get hung up because the – you know, a lot of a lot of your underspins have have that wire hanging down. Yeah. These don't have that. These has a swivel. Like say, th- this is the weight on the weighted hook. The swivel comes right out of the back of it, and then the blades attached to. Do I? I got one right here. Yeah. See. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com See that? Uh, I don't know how well you can see it, but that swivel comes right out of that weight right there, and then the blades connected directly to it, so it don't get hung up as much and stuff. You know, I can throw it in grass or pretty much anywhere I want, and it's pretty weedless. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, wicked weights, wicked willow, and uh. Yeah, I've been having quite a bit of success on it. I even, you know, that's what I was mainly throwing when I went to the Duck River not long ago. And uh, I, I did decent on there. But, uh, yeah. Do you yeah. ever spy bait in the rivers? or Because I was thinking my, my rivers are clearer than my the lakes are around here. And I was wondering how that would work. Uh, I don't really spy bait in the in the rivers so much i throw like small swim baits and flukes you okay know, for spy baiting i like it i like them to come up and look at deep water but guys i'll try it though you know you never know yeah <laughs> well in the section of duck river that y'all fish you know what's the average depth there because yeah you know, it, it really threw me off when uh Josh Stewart got it, first got his bite FD and he said he was going to put it in Duck River. I'm like, you're going to put a pedal drive in Duck River? I feel like that's too shallow. And he's like, no, it's plenty deep enough. So what, what's the average depth that y'all are fishing out there? Uh, average depth is probably like nine foot, ten foot. Okay, so that... you got you know, you got shoaly area, but not much of it, not in that area. See, that's, that's a little different, I think, from uh, from the area I'm fishing because it's, it's, you know, there might be a little bit of like deeper water, but I think you can pretty much stand in pretty much all the water that that I, you know, I I put in at Henry Horton Park and paddled like a mile and a half upriver and floated back, and okay. it, was, it was all like 
you know, no one many places deeper than like five foot that I saw. But uh, yeah, I, I might have to try that little bit deeper area. Well, that's the average depth of the whole stretch. You're doing a float that could be six miles, seven miles. Yeah, you got to have areas that a pedal drive won't be useful at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured some areas, you know, you'd have to bring it up and paddle a little bit, but. How long of floats do y'all usually do? Uh, sun up to pitch black at night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> y'all going all day then. That it's sounds fun. Day, that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. I'd, I'd love to, you know, find somewhere where I can do like an overnight trip where, you know, you just park on the side of the river somewhere, make camp and then pack back up the next day and float some more i think that'd be fun yeah just you know you got to be very sneaky around here do that camp on an island or something to know somebody yeah because pretty much as long as you take care of that area it's not gonna be bad a a lot of a lot of that area is uh, like privately owned along the banks in it Mm -hmm. even I think when I went out to East Tennessee to fish the Holston, they owned the actual islands in the middle of the, they owned the riverbed. Really? Hmm. So if there's an island in the middle in East Tennessee, that's, they'll farm it. That's their land to farm. Hmm. There's definitely islands in the Susquehanna that people own and, and live on and, or have at least have places on. So, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know people could actually own islands. <laughs> it, it's probably just old law or something. But East Tennessee is a whole lot stricter than Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee about water rights, land rights. Now Georgia, Georgia's nice. Every bridge you could pull off and fish off of. Well, is it like state owned all around that bridge or something? Yeah, in Georgia. Wow, that's really cool. So you could even, you know, say like, you know, if you wanted to carry your kayak down, you could even put in at any bridge, right? Yes, sir. Wow. That'd be cool. Over here, it's like private. Yeah, that's how it is here too. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What I need to go to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man. Uh, you got anything to add before we start wrapping this up, or Sean, you got any more questions? Or I can't think of anything, man. Uh, but yeah, tons of good info. I can't wait to. I'm anxious to get out and try a few of those things, definitely for sure. And hopefully now, uh, you know, now that you've put it out there, what you're using, you know, it, it'll still uh, work for you. <laughs> it's not. It's not all out there. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh you're, you're holding back on us man yeah it's not all out there <laughs> well but no I, I appreciate you coming on here and you know congratulations about the other night on the jig tournament you know i i i, I was a little salty about you beating my big fish by a quarter inch but you um, know it, it is what it is you know but it, i had fun out there and uh you know you were nice enough to share your jigs with me 
Uh, I appreciate that. But yeah, thanks for coming on. You got any uh, any like sponsors or shout outs or you know social media you want to shout out for people yeah. listening? Uh, not at all, man. I, I don't have any sponsors. I just I'm just a guy that likes to go out and fish. I feel you. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on here, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you out on the water some more this year. I plan on fishing with KBFTN a little more this year. Okay. Hey. Yeah, thanks, Timmy. It was nice meeting you, man. Hey, it was a pleasure being on the show. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap things up here then, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Palanfin Podcast. We're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC covers, protect your investment. Catch products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.